have your Bibles, we're going to look at um, just uh, two different places of Scripture, but they're very familiar to most. Uh, it's uh, even words that Jesus said on the cross, probably maybe words that you've even said at certain times in, in your spiritual walk. Psalm 22. We'll start with verse 1 through verse 5, and then we'll go to Hebrews chapter, um, I forgot, chapter 13, excuse me. Psalm 22, we'll read the first five verses. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy. O oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. And then to the book of Hebrews just one verse, but it's, a, it's got a lot to it, this one verse. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word, and may we trust that word, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. This morning, I want to talk to you about, uh, first of all, uh, some of you were probably asking, not where are you God, but where are you major? Because we started a little little later this morning. Uh, that was not part of the uh, program. But um, I want to give you a few, um, I guess you could call them, um, thoughts, ideas, things that you can do and I can do, when we say, where are you, God? I don't think that there is a believer around, if you've been a believer long enough, that we all go through times where we ask God, where are you? There's a familiar phrase that I've seen put out on the outside of churches that I used to agree with. I don't anymore. And it said, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? Now that immediately says, you're the problem. But the problem with that is, all of us go through seasons in life where we don't feel like God is with us. Now I notice I said you don't feel like it. It doesn't mean he's not with you. But a lot of times as believers, and we can see people like Elijah who called down fire from heaven and, and destroyed the prophets of Baal, and literally the next chapter he is saying, Lord, just go ahead and let me die. You and I can go from mountaintop to valley in hours, if not minutes sometimes. And so it's important this morning for all of us to think and to understand that you may feel separated, but the Lord has told us in his word, I will never leave you. 
I will never forsake you. But if you're like me and once believed, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? Your thinking may have been, as mine was, uh, that you've sinned, that you've done something that has uh, literally moved you away from God and that you need to repent. But the truth is, now there are times when if you have sinned, let's, let's just be honest, you won't feel close to God and you shouldn't. That's God's way of saying we need to deal with something. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the normal spiritual journey that you and I go on through every day. There are going to be seasons in life when you just don't feel connected to God. And when that happens, when God seems distant, when you say, where are you, God? I want to give you some encouragement this morning that there are things that we can do to get us through those days or those uh, even months. God may test you and me with periods of seeming separation, times when it feels like he has abandoned you or forgotten you. Some have referred to this as spiritual dryness, as the dark night of the soul. Several years ago, uh, Mother Teresa's personal letters were found and there were many letters that she wrote where she had poured out her heart concerning the separation she felt in her relationship towards God. Now, for some people, that was alarming. I was encouraged by that. I was encouraged to think, if Mother Teresa went through times where she felt alone, maybe I'm in good company. Because it shouldn't discourage us. Even spiritual superheroes have bouts of doubt and spiritual loneliness. Why do you think in the scriptures we have the biographies of Joseph and David and Moses and Elijah? They were just human. We see the good, the bad, and the ugly. David wrote in Psalm 10 verse 1, Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? Do you ever feel that way? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? Now, of course, God didn't leave David, and he doesn't leave you. We just read Hebrews 13, verse 5, that tells us that God, it's a promise that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But what God has not promised is that we would always feel his presence. There are many times when I have been in a room such as this and felt a million miles away from God. Then there's also times when I have sat on my back porch with a cup of coffee and felt like God was sitting right next to me. I can't explain that. But there are times when the Lord appears to be missing in action in your life. One man described it like this, and I'm quoting him. He said, you wake up one morning and all your spiritual feelings are gone. You pray, but nothing happens. You rebuke the devil, but it doesn't change a thing. You go through your spiritual exercises. You have your friends pray for you. You confess every sin you can imagine. Then you go around asking forgiveness of everyone you know. You fast. Now, I don't do that. But still nothing, he says. You begin to wonder how long 
does this spiritual gloom might last? Is it days? Is it weeks? Will it be months? Will it ever end? It feels as if your prayers simply bounce off the ceiling and in utter desperation you cry out, what is wrong with me? The truth is, there's nothing wrong with you. Every Christian goes through it at least once and maybe several times. The most common mistake we make in worship today is that we seek an experience with God rather than seeking God himself. We look for a feeling. And if it doesn't happen, we say, well, something was wrong with the service. Or the preacher didn't do what he was supposed to. But it's wrong because many times as we grow in Christ, he actually removes feelings so we don't depend on them. Let me tell you, your feelings, my feelings, are the most shallow part of me. I can feel good and get on the interstate and want to say bad words. Just like that. Boom, I'm a different person. You know, I don't know if you've seen on, on social media where somebody posted, you know, when I get hungry, if I don't eat in 20 minutes, I'm going to become a different person, right? Our feelings change. Seeking a feeling, even the feeling of closeness to Christ, is not true worship. Many denominations today, and thankfully I don't believe the Salvation Army is one of them, and I'm not here to hate on any denomination. But there are some denominations that base their theology on how you feel, which is dangerous. I remember one time thinking, have I ever blasphemed the Holy Spirit? I'm sure everyone has thought, because that's the unpardonable sin. Lord, have I done that? Uh, and, and you and I can have a, a conversation about that. I don't believe if you're saved, you can do that. But God's omnipresence and the manifestation of his presence are two different things. God is always with us, but it, he won't always manifest his presence. One is a fact. God is there, omnipresent. But sometimes the other is a feeling. We know God is present even when we're unaware of him. And his presence is too big to be measured by my emotions. If I can understand God with my high school Mississippi education, he ain't God. He is too big for me. I need a God who is too big. I need a God that I need to bow down to worship, not look at him face to face and think I know everything that he knows. When God seems away from us, how do you praise him? How do you praise God when you don't understand what's happening in life? How do you stay connected in a crisis when God shuts off communication? How do you keep your eyes on Christ when they're full of tears? Job said in Job 1, 20 through 22, Job said he fell to the ground, the book of Job reads, he fell to the ground in worship, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, praise the name of the Lord. Throughout all of this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. And we, we know 
what he went through. Lost all of his children, lost all of his livestock. So let's get down to it. What do we do? Now, I didn't come up with these. Uh, I read in a devotional book, a book that had a, a tremendous impact on my life, and there was a chapter that said what to do when God seems distant. And I, I, I read these, and I'm, I'm giving them to you this morning. It says that when God seems distant, or when you say, where are you, God? Tell God exactly how you feel. Don't be afraid to pour out your heart to God. Unload every emotion that you're feeling. Job did that. Job 7 verse 11 says, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Folks, that should be encouraging to you. That, that you and God can have real conversations. You don't have to put on with God. You can be honest. You can say, Lord, this is not fair. Or, Lord, I don't understand. God is a big God, and he can handle my doubt and your doubt. He can handle your anger, your fear. He can handle your grief, your confusion, your questions. Now, maybe like me, you were told you're not, that's a no-no. You're not supposed to question God. Jesus did. Jesus said those very words. Why have you forsaken me? You may not realize it, but admitting your hopelessness to God takes great faith. So when God seems distant or you ask, where are you? Tell him exactly how you feel. And then you can also focus on God's unchanging nature. No matter your circumstances, no matter my circumstances or how you feel, you can hang on to God's unchanging character. He will never change. Remind yourself, and here's where the devil tries to tell us that everything that we believe is not true. Remember the words he used with Adam and Eve. He still uses the same words. He says to you and I, did God really say that? Is that really what God said? And friends, that's why you need to know the word. The word says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is what you and I need to tell ourselves. When I don't feel like God's around me, we need to say, Lord, you are good. Lord, you do love me. Lord, you are with me. Lord, you do know what I'm going through. Lord, you do care. Lord, you do have a good plan for me. Because you know what? Satan will tell you the exact opposite of everything I just said. Satan will say to you, well, you know why you're going through this? Because he don't love you. You know what? Maybe if you hadn't missed a couple of tithe payments, this wouldn't have been happening. You, you all laugh because you've heard this stuff. Or if you'd have prayed hard enough, they wouldn't have died. I've heard that. God knows what you're going through. V. Raymond Edmonds said, Never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. When Job's life fell apart, God was silent for a while. But Job still found things he could praise God for. Job 10, verse 12, God is good and loving. Job 42, verse 2, God is all-powerful. God is in control, Job 34, verse 13, and Job 19, 
Verse 25, God will save me. You see, Job was constantly reminding himself, the world is, is, is horrible right now, but God, you're not. And you're going to get me through this somehow. So when God seems a, a distant or you question where is he, focus on his nature. His nature does not change. And then also, you can trust God to keep his promises. During times of spiritual dryness or depression, and let's, let's just cut to the chase. If you get depressed, that does not mean God does not love you. All people get depressed. All people go through seasons where we just want to lay in bed and cry. And yet God is still there. So I'm not one of these that thinks that you just need to put on your big girl pants or your big boy pants and get over it. That's not, that's not good advice. That's dangerous advice. It's okay to not feel okay because God is still there. So during times of depression when our, our emotion, when our emotions are out of whack, we need to rely on the promises of God and realize that sometimes he does allow these seasons to take us through a deeper level of growth. It's easy for us to be troubled by trouble. Circumstances cannot change the character of God. Right now, whatever you're going through, God has not winked. He has not blinked. He hadn't taken a nap. God's grace is still in full force. He is still for you, even when you don't feel it. Job even said in Job 23, verse 12, in all of the situation he was going through, he held on to God's word. This is what he said. I have not departed. From the commands of his lips, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily food. You see, his, his, his uh, covenant with, with God was not, Lord, I'll serve you as long as everything goes okay. This trust in God's word caused Job to remain faithful even when his world fell apart and nothing made sense. His faith was strong in the midst of pain. Many people have quoted Job 13 verse 15 that says, even though he slay me, I will hope in him. When we feel abandoned by God, yet continue to trust him in spite of how we feel, we worship him in the deepest way. When God seems distant, tell him how you feel. He's a big God. He can handle it. Focus on who he is his unchanging nature, trust him to keep his promises. And then the one thing that uh, we often struggle with when we're going through something, the other step is remember what God has already done for you because it's so easy to forget all of those times that he's answered your prayers, all of those times that he has seen you through, all of those times because we seem to focus on that one problem that we're in right now. The truth is, if God never did anything but save us, eternally, spiritually, he would still deserve our continual praise for the rest of our life because of what Jesus did on the cross. So when we think to ourselves, God, you have abandoned me, you don't love me, 
You need to think about the object behind me, the cross. The cross is God's symbol of eternal love that he gave. John 3.16, Jesus said those words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that anyone that would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Never forget, God's Son died for you. This is truly the greatest reason why we worship. Because the sad truth is, some people, they just don't know the details of Jesus' death. It's so clean and proper to say, he died for me. Let me tell you, he did a lot more than just die on the cross. He was tortured. In fact, if you've ever said the if you've ever been in deep pain physically and you've said to somebody, you know, that that is excruciating pain. That word excruciating was actually developed to describe crucifixion. They had to come up with a word that hurt so bad. That's the death Jesus died. He did not die for us. He was tortured. So when you see those paintings where the nails are going through the palm of his hand, that's not so. They went through down in here where they, the nails, the spikes had a little more stability and would go right through the nerves and the tendons and the muscles. I know that's not what you want to hear. And, and, and you know, that, that'll, you know, disturb lunch later on but but friends that is the true nature of what Jesus went through he was stripped naked beaten until almost unrecognizable whipped crowned with thorns and spit on and then almost unconscious from blood loss he was forced to drag a cross up a hill nailed to it and was left to die the slow torture of death by crucifixion. If the Romans perfected anything, it was how to kill people. And your history books can tell you that. But Jesus took all of mankind's sins and guilt on himself, and God looked away from his own son. That is why, uh, prophetically, Jesus could quote Psalm 22, verse 1. It wasn't just uh, fulfilling scripture. The the almighty creator of the universe turned his back on his son. And so Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did, God forsook Jesus so he could promise you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because what he did with Jesus on the cross, the, the, he, forsake, he forsook him because of our sin so when we get into a right relationship with him, when we are reconciled with him, then the promise is sure he will never leave us nor forsake us. Why did God allow that? So you could be spared from total separation. So you could share in his glory forever. 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of of God in him. Never again should you and I ever wonder what we have to be thankful for. When God seems 
distant. When you say, where are you, God? You tell him how you feel. And I promise, I don't think lightning bolts are going to come down if you tell him how you feel. Focus on who God is. Focus on his unchanging nature. Focus on what he has told us in his word, no matter how you feel. Trust God to keep his promises because the Bible says all of his promises are yes and amen. That's already been settled. And remember what God has already done for you. Even before you and I were born, long before our grandparents, great-grandparents, all the way back, Jesus, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, he knew that he would give his son for you and I. So when you feel alone, it's okay to feel alone, but just know you're not alone. When you go through a dark time, it's okay to tell somebody, please pray for me. This, this is a hard time for me. Let me tell you something, friends. None of us are Superman and Wonder Woman when it comes to Christian walk. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. Whether you got red on, blue on, or something on, you and I need Jesus desperately. The one standing here needs him just as bad as anyone else. So please understand, when you go through times, and when I go through times that seem dark and lonely, Remember these things that you, can, you and I can do. We can pray and tell God, Lord, this is rough. Please help me through it. We can remember what he's already done. We can remember, as we've already sang, great is your faithfulness. I'm going to ask if Evangeline would go to the piano, and she's going to play some, some music. And during this time, I don't have to tell you this, but you know the altar's open. And if you're going through a season where you just feel like the Lord is a million miles away, I would invite you to come and pray or just pray at your seat. And just know that He is with you always.